1: Today's episode of the Essential Tennis Podcast is brought to you by TennisExpress.com. Oh, before we get to today's topic, which is a great one, by the way, having to do with mental toughness and emotions and getting angry on the courts, make sure to go to EssentialTennis.com sometime this week and check out the new section of the website that I'm making available for just the next two weeks. If you would like an extra hour long of instructional audio every week, or if you would like me to analyze your technique videos every week, definitely go check it out. It's called Essential Tennis Platinum, and it's a new section of the site where you can get personalized instruction from myself on a weekly basis to really turbocharge your tennis improvement. So go check it out. It's at EssentialTennis.com slash Platinum. Now let's go ahead and get to today's topic. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. My guest today on the Essential Tennis Podcast is certified teaching professional Jason Cole. Jason and I were doubles partners together briefly in college he graduated from the Professional Tennis Management Program at Ferris State University. He was an assistant coach at the University of Virginia and now teaches full-time in Charlottesville, Virginia. Did I get all that right, Jason?
0: Yeah, sounds good to me.
1: <laughs> nice. All right, well, um, Jason, it's good to have you back on the podcast. It's been quite a while. I, I apologize that it's been such a, lo- a long time since you were uh, a guest last Uh, No worries. I've been working on my golf game, so okay. Yes, how's that? Okay. Well, sorry to hear that. I uh, I know the feeling. Um, So let's go ahead and get to our our question. And I asked Jason to be on the show today to talk about this question uh, on purpose. (laughs) Jason, it's a topic that Jason and I uh, I think both have a lot of experience with uh, personally, and we have different standpoints on it as far as how this topic affects both of us on the court when we compete. So I think it's going to be an interesting conversation and something that a lot of recreational players need to know more about and need more information about to to hopefully play a little bit better when they compete. So let's go ahead and get to it. And our, our question comes to us from Sam in Portugal. And he has himself down as a 3.5 player. And he wrote and said, I've been playing this guy who's a bit better than me. He's gotten a few sets from me and vice versa. But the way he plays is like this. Every time he misses a shot, he punishes himself either by yelling at himself or using off-color language. Now, on the other side of the court is me, all calm and composed, playing my game, loving my opponent's misfortunes, and I've won a few a few sets like this. This was okay up until the day he started beating me several times in a row, set after set. I reached the point I could no longer swallow my mistakes, especially after losing a set that I was most determined to win. So this is what I did. I acted just like him, and believe it or not, I got the, the next set 6-4 right after losing the previous several. Acting like this makes me concentrate more, and I don't know why, but I have more guts to hit the ball harder and go for my shots. My question is, is it good to show outwardly my bad moments and the good ones, or should I just keep it to myself on the court in my mind? It seems like my opponent just weakens me mentally or psychologically throughout the match when after cussing himself or celebrates after a good passing shot winner. I remember one of your guests talking about something similar and likening it to Twinkies. It tastes good, but it will deteriorate you in the long run. Is that the case? Wow. So, uh, so Jason, was I was I incorrect in characterizing that uh, both of us by saying that we can definitely relate to this uh, question?
0: I, uh, yeah, you were not incorrect. I think anybody who's played tennis uh, for a long period of time has run into more than their share of this. And we qualify.
1: (laughs) Definitely. Well, well, Jason and I kind of come from different viewpoints on this. Let's go ahead and talk about that first, Jason, so that people get a sense of where we're coming from as far as our own tennis background and how we personally can relate to negativity on the courts. And I'll start with myself. I, I can... Definitely say with confidence that negativity on the court does me no good at all, <laughs> and Jason uh, has definitely witnessed this I would you know definitely be embarrassed to, to show on video the attitude that I' have sometimes had on the tennis court, and when I 'm angry at myself or when I allow my emotions to get out of control on the negative side of things, my game definitely goes downhill, and I deteriorate uh. Anything to add to that, Jason? Would you say that's accurate, and in your experience playing with me?
0: Uh, yeah, you're dead on. Certainly, <laughs> when you when you get angry, you are not better at tennis.
1: No, that's for sure. Um, so, so that's where wh- where I come from uh, on this topic. Now, you, on the other hand, are different. And I, and again, I'm vouching for Jason here. I, he and I have uh, played together. A lot of with a lot of time on the practice courts and some time on uh, competitive uh, doubles court as well. And Jason, in my experience, is very unique in that I, I have witnessed him playing much better and probably at his highest level when he actually does get angry at himself. I'll, I'll let you describe what I'm talking about, Jason.
0: Uh, well like you said, I certainly wouldn't be proud to show on video how I've acted, uh, sometimes, but (laughs) usually when I get angry at, usually it's the other person, some calls that they've made or the way they're acting or behaving or something like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. it tends to make me really dislike them and want to focus harder to beat them. And I think the entire key there is that I focus on wanting to beat them and not the way that they're acting. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that if somebody cheats me or if somebody is being a real jerk on the court, I and although I do believe it's rare, I tend to play my best tennis um, because, because it makes me concentrate on beating this jerk on the other side of the net. And <laughs> so then every once in a while that may lead to me being a jerk on my side of the net as well. Um, so certainly I'm not behaving like Pete Sampras out there while doing that, but uh, but I can definitely focus in uh, while well, well doing some things that I'm not proud of.
1: Now, I, I described your ability to do that as being unique. Do, do you agree with me on that? How, how many other people have you seen that are able to take negative emotion, you know, like being angry at your opponent, as an example, and actually be able to channel that constructively into, you know, more focus or more intensity, et cetera?
0: Um we're out there but there's i would say it's probably in the 5 or 10% of people um you know John yeah. McEnroe is a good example of that
1: he, yeah, yeah. whenever
0: he thought he had a bad call or started yelling at a ref he always went back to the line and played great i mean you never saw him choke it away or or lose any points really based on all of his massive arguing um and there's been a couple other people like nostalgia, a couple other people who had some serious tempers who didn't drop their level at all, Um, but I would say the vast majority of people that I've played, when they get upset with (laughs) really anything, uh, their level goes down.
1: How about about some examples of pros that get angry and what happens to me occurs, you know, that they lose their focus and they play poorly? I, I mean, Safin comes to mind, he's a guy who would definitely tank uh, at the drop of a hat. Um, Djokovic, uh, which way do you see Djokovic uh, going? He's a big whiner, and I'm not a big fan of his as a result, but I, th- what, what do you think? Do you think it hurts him or, or helps him?
0: I think it hurts him. I think it really hurts him. Uh, the best tennis I've seen him play is when he just shuts up and plays ball. Uh, mm-hmm. You've seen it at the Australian Open a couple times where he just gets real whiny about the heat and everything, and you know maybe the heat's affecting him, but it he certainly doesn't play better after you start to notice that he's having a problem. Sure. Um, Whereas guys like McEnroe, I I don't even know if anything was really bothering him, but just he fired himself up that way to really get his focus up. And and that that was kind of how I went. A lot of times I'm, I'm not sure the person was cheating me or not, but it it really helped me a lot to think that they were, because then I would focus harder. Um, So as far as pros who went the opposite way, I would say a lot of the Frenchmen, that way, when things start to go bad, you notice them tanking. Um, Safin obviously tanked tons of matches. <laughs> You've seen Andy Murray tank uh, like yeah. four four matches in in Grand Slams. I mean, that's those guys. Certainly, when they start to have a little bit of an injury or a little bit of an issue, whatever it is, they're they're done.
1: Simone, uh, I, I saw him play at the Leg Mason this past year. Um you, you said Frenchman, so he came to mind and I can't remember who he was playing. I, I think it might have been Nalbandian and just got real whiny. I mean, early in the match. It was he was on on serve early in the first set and just had just a terrible attitude out there and ended up losing that match. Um so he's somebody that comes to mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You you see that you see that a fair amount even with the pros. I mean, they're certainly better than uh, most club players about keeping their cool if it's somebody like that you know if, it, if you're somebody who's disposed to get angry and, and lose focus but you see it all the time it's not rare by any means
1: so Jay let's talk about the the opposite end of the spectrum because we can all definitely think of examples of pros who seem to compete at their best when they're just totally even keel I mean Federer is an example of that. Sampras is probably the extreme example of that, just showing no emotion at all, one way or the other. So, if we're in agreement that most of the time being really outward and allowing, you know, emotions, I guess, to to affect us is usually bad, is the opposite uh, kind of always good to just always be even keel and always be even. What do you think about that?
0: Uh, that works for some people. <laughs> I, I definitely like the guys you mentioned are Pete is a perfect example. You never saw him go up or down. You had no idea. Uh, right. I think a lot, I would say the majority of players play best when they can fake positive emotion. so mm-hmm. you're not really playing that well and your results, you know, your score potentially is showing that you're not playing that well, but somehow you can get out there and just be pumped up and be you know excited about the things that are going on rather than sitting there and dwelling on the fact that you just shanked one. And I think at the professional level, you see that all the time. Guys aren't playing that well, but all of a sudden they win a point at 30 all, and they're going crazy. Uh, It's not the biggest point of the match, but they're just trying to be positive and trying to not let themselves go down the drain like like we've talked about.
1: I think a really good example of that would be Nadal. He could be down two sets to love in a three out of five match and down like, you know, four zero and when a point down love 40 on his serve and, and all of a sudden get like all fired up and, and pumped up, you know you know what I'm talking about?
0: Oh, it's a perfect example. That guy could have not won a match a point all match long, be down five zero love 40, win a point and all of a sudden have the biggest celebration you've ever seen. I mean, he, <laughs> he is a perfect example. I've, I've seen a lot of Nadal playing tennis, and I've never seen him negative. And I, I'm guessing that if he does get negative, he probably plays a lot worse, which is why yeah. he's he's one of the few people who is able to stay on the very positive side of the spectrum the whole way, all the time. I mean, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's hard, and I and I think a lot of people misunderstand that, and and, and kind of. Um, Kind of speak- speak about Nadal as if he's really cocky and and I think a lot of people misread that as arrogance where um i I don't at all personally i I love his uh his fight and his competitive spirit and um uh, I personally just see that as as confidence and just the desire to win you know in general I think there's a difference between wanting to win more than anything in the world and being cocky or, or being arrogant on the court. Uh, do you agree with that?
0: I, I totally agree. And I, I think that a lot of players, Nadal not being one of them, but Djokovic and Murray being great examples, are a little too caught up in how they look on the court and playing well every day and just you know everything that's going on around them. And so if a couple things go bad, they start to get negative, Like it's easy to see them throw it in the tank. I, I would imagine every listener has seen one of those two guys throw it in the tank. Whereas Nadal really seems like he is 100% focused on how he can possibly win the match. And and how he can win the match is by being really positive, even if it's going poorly. And then he does it every time.
1: Before we continue with today's topic, I'd like to remind all my listeners about the official sponsor of the Essential Tennis Podcast. And that is TennisExpress.com. Go check them out. They've got great deals on all of your equipment needs. They also have free shipping for any order over $75, and when you enter the promotional code ESSENTIAL, when you check out, it shows them that you're a listener and you appreciate their support. So definitely uh, go do that, check them out, and use the promotional code ESSENTIAL for any purchase that you make. Thank you very much, and I thank them for their support. So uh, so let's talk a little bit more about ourselves, and, and I guess how we can apply this to our own games and, and Obviously, the point is to apply this to the games of everybody listening. So how do we... And this is something that I personally have been really searching for for the last couple of years because cause I look back at my college career and I had some really good times and you know I loved it. But I, I went through phases where I was really unhappy on the tennis court. Um, and Jason knows this. <laughs> And and since then, you know, I look back and I, I realize it wasn't worth it to to get so down on myself and to be so negative on the courts. It, it made it so that it wasn't enjoyable for me anymore. And so since then, I've been working hard to try to find a balance for myself. And in that process, I've tried to <laughs> to just be even, you know, and not show any emotion. But I think I found that that doesn't work for me. If I try to Just show no emotion, either negative uh, or positive, or maybe just positive. Honestly, like I feel like eventually, if I just hold all that inside, I'm just going to explode. What are your thoughts, Jay? On I guess finding the right balance, or is there like a different um, combination or ratio for everybody? Is it is it always bad to to have like a, a negative outburst as long as we control it? What are your thoughts on the random? ramblings i'm I'm talking about
0: <laughs> well for one it's definitely not always bad to show a negative outburst there mm-hmm. is i mean you see Safin when he finally decides to break a racket which isn't all that rare he plays better afterwards i mean that's for me and a lot of people i believe showing a negative outburst is just a way to let go of that last point and then you move on um, okay so although for some people keeping it cool and steady the whole way is, is their way it is not for everybody. And I, I don't believe that showing the negative outbursts here and there, as long as you're not being a total jerk or swearing or, or that sort of thing, I don't, I don't think that's that bad.
1: Yeah, good. Well, it's good to hear you say that. I, th- this is an area that I, I've been searching and, and kind of experimenting with myself personally as far as a player and a teacher is concerned. And uh, what I've been telling my students recently, you know, mostly kids, is – you know, when I see them really get down on themselves, I walk out there and say, listen, I I understand you lost the last point. I know that, you know, it's not fun to lose and and I don't blame you for that. I I know what that feels like. It's okay to be disappointed with yourself for, for losing a point, but you have to not, you have to do your best to not let it affect your overall emotional state. In other words, you know, um, go ahead You know, be angry about it, but then forget about it. Move on to the next point and and just kind of start over again. Is that basically what you're uh, describing?
0: Yeah, I guess to simplify it, I would just say everybody reaches the point to which they focus the most differently, Uh, like we've talked about the whole time so far. For me, I focus the most when I'm the maddest. I've never been so angry or (laughs) upset that I didn't pay attention well. Uh, and that, that's not just tennis. In, in most things, if I'm angry and upset, I'm really focused. Um, so I would imagine that for everybody who steps onto a tennis court, you know, if if playing in even keel and keeping cool is how you focus the most, then that's where you're going to be the best. If you get a little bit angry and that makes you pay attention better, uh, then then maybe that's it for you. If you get really mad and and potentially start acting like a jerk, although I don't condone that, then maybe that's how you're going to play the best. If that's where your focus lies, I mean, that's—I—I I can't imagine a time when someone focuses at their optimal performance and doesn't play the best tennis. It sure. usually doesn't happen, in my opinion.
1: Well, that's interesting. So, so everybody needs to kind of find out, and I guess that this can only happen through experience, right? Playing, playing as many matches as possible and trying to control emotions. How do we? I guess, how do we find this out? I mean, should listeners experiment with maybe going out to play a whole match and being as even as possible and make that their kind of mental or emotional goal for the day and maybe another match just kind of let it all loose and, and wear everything on their sleeves? Do you think players should experiment with this, or how should they figure it out?
0: I think you have to just really be thinking on the court and check yourself here and there, you know? Um I would say, at least for myself, but I think for most people, when you play a point here and there, you can tell if you were really dialed in or not you know why why are you not dialed in what's what's going on that is not making you pay as much attention? I think for most people, when they get angry, uh they're sitting there thinking about what a jerk or what a what a cheater the guy is on the other side <laughs> of the court, as opposed to how do I win this next point so that I beat that guy um, which are two very different <laughs> mental. Points. If, if you're sitting there going, God, I just hate this person, you're probably not going to play the best tennis on the next point. If you're sitting there going, I am so going to win this point. You know, I, I'm I'm going to hit the best ball I possibly can. I'm really dialed into his serve. I am ready. You know, that that's where your good tennis comes in. So that's
1: patient. interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, and and this is not easy because as we've both pointed out several times, it's going to be at least a little bit different for everybody, if not completely different. So yeah, those of you listening, you, you've you got to really be focused in on your performance, you know, what your output is like, what your emotional state is like, what your mental state is like, and you've got to kind of mix and combine those things and, and be aware of when your performance output is the best and then try to get yourself to that um, emotional and mental state as often as possible. And it's obviously probably a lot easier said than done. Um, Something interesting that I've noticed, Jason, when you're talking about getting angry, it sounds like most of the time you're projecting that or or focusing on your opponents. And I think a big difference between yourself and me is that when I get angry and and kind of negative emotionally on the court, I... I kind of reflect that back in on myself, and I think and my emotional state real quickly goes to how bad of a player I am, how bad of a day I'm having, you know how bad my backhand is, and really quickly, I kind of have a, a pity party, and that's when things really go downhill for me. Would you say that when you get negative, it's usually on your opponent's side, or do you ever have days where you find that you're negative on yourself as well
0: uh you know? I'm almost always negative about my opponent. <laughs> okay. I, I know that when I go out there I'm not the greatest player around, uh, I'm not going to bring the best stuff to the table. So I'm just trying to find a way to win the best I can. So usually I'm trying to look for any reason to get fired up, not necessarily yelling at or angry at my opponent, but a way to fake it. A lot of people fake positive energy. I'm I'm trying to fake any way to get mad that I can. <laughs> a lot of things that I notice that happens with me. I slice a ton of backhands, especially if I notice that you don't like that. And it happens all the time, where I'll slice, slice, slice. People miss, of course, and then they're sitting there going, "God, all you do is slice. You're a terrible player. You're the wor- you're the worst guy I've ever played against." And they just get so mad at the fact that I'm slicing that they're too stupid to realize that they should try and get away from that slice. And then they just Tank it on downhill, and I win easily with nothing that good, because they didn't put their energy into avoiding my slice. They put their energy into telling me how bad I am for doing it.
1: <laughs> well, it sounds like there's kind of two main ways that our, our emotional state can go downhill: either by really focusing in on on the opponent and forgetting about what you need to do or, or changes you need to make tactically, or etc. to uh, to be more successful. And then the other side of the spectrum, what I'm describing, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, I can remember matches where I was really unhappy with my opponent, but I think that's that, that was probably really rare for me. I can only really think of one or two examples where I just I just was really upset with my opponent by the time the match was over. However, I can remember dozens and probably, well, I won't say hundreds. That, that would be bad. Uh, I can definitely remember dozens of examples of Walking off the court and being incredibly upset with myself, um, and it sounds like that's probably the the biggest difference between uh, you and I as far as this topic goes.
0: Absolutely, and that's something that is not a common thing in my life. Even with the other sports teams I watch, I think the Lions get screwed in every football game. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's you know I, I try not to get down on myself for what's what's going on, and it, it's not necessarily looking for excuses and saying, oh, whoa, well, we got bad calls, so we lost. It's just trying to, like, I guess subconsciously positively reinforce what's happening, you know, positively keep myself focused and in the game, because it's it's really tough if you're sitting there going, I'm the worst player ever. I can't win. I mean, you you can't think like that. You can't be successful if you're sitting there going, well, my backing's atrocious. There's no way I can win a match.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's definitely been my biggest downfall mentally, I think in the past and, and recently for myself, uh, personally, as I've, you know, since college, I've played competitive paddle tennis, uh, or platform tennis. Um, I've played, you know, well, you know me, Jason, I'm always competing at something. Uh, and so I've been trying my best to, to find that optimal kind of mental state for myself. And it seems like for me, the best Combination for myself is first of all, um, I can't let everything just you know fly you know off uh, off the handle. I I can't just be completely open and let everything you know just kind of come out because I definitely will slide towards the negative side of things. Um, On the other side of the coin, I definitely am not successful just being completely even. That's not that's not me either (laughs) because sooner or later I just I can't hold it in anymore and I just blow up and I go right. Back to being negative again. So, for myself, I think I found that it's a combination. Um, I allow myself to have, you know, a, an outburst after making a bad error, but then more often than not, recently, I've been just kind of, kind of laughing it off to myself. You know, I'll make that mistake and say, "All right, well, that, that was dumb," and, and I, I'm I'm doing my, my best now to let it out and then get right back to being positive again. Um, and I think that's probably the best combination for me.
0: I would say that for almost everybody listening, either doing your best to just be positive about whatever situation is going on, or doing your best to just fake being positive. You know, and a lot of times if you tell yourself it's okay, you know, I can still win this, <laughs> even if you're way winning, back. That's that's a better result than sitting there going, Gah, I'm down three zero, like I'm screwed. You know, most right. most people can't can't make it from there. Yeah, and
1: that's, and that's a word that you've used several times now is is to fake it. I mean, and I assume that by using the word fake, you mean literally? In, in other words, like you feel negative, but you show something positive instead?
0: Well, in Nadal's for example, I don't believe that anybody in the world can play in like an ATP 500 event after being the best guy in the world for several years or one of the best. Play somebody who's number 160 in the world. Be up 6151. One, hit a decent shot and pump his fist and yell, "Come on, Obama!" <laughs> there, there's no way you can be that excited. I just don't believe it. And so he, you know, he's just sitting there thinking that I play my best tennis when I am fired up and positive. And it was 6151, one, but i I got to keep doing that. That's that's how I play my best tennis, and I'm gonna do it. And so he's, I believe, Nadal has just trained himself to be outwardly positive, even though there's no way he can feel that in some junctures. No way.
1: And on the other side of the coin, you will actually go fishing for things to be annoyed about, even even if maybe you have to make it up so that you, you get your focus up during a match?
0: Absolutely, yeah. If I love the guy I'm <laughs> playing against and we're, you know we're just out there screwing around, having a good time, I'm never going to play my best tennis. No way. I've got to find something. And I don't need to be yelling at the guy or, or anything like that, although I've done that sometimes. But, you know, I I just need to not be happy. Being happy out there makes me laugh and not pay attention.
1: And then on the other side of the coin, which makes for a three-sided coin now for those of you uh, keeping track at home, um, I uh, for for me, it seems like my optimal emotional state is to let out negative feelings and then immediately go back to being, you know, I, I, I've, I almost have to make a joke about it uh, to, to keep myself from just continuing to slide downhill. So I'm, I've started to just kind of let it out and then kind of smile at myself and be like, well, you know, that was a bad mistake, but you know, I've got another point to play here. So I've got to let it go. So, so there's like three completely different ways of quote unquote, you know, faking it, uh, you know, overly excited, Uh, finding something to be negative about and then me finding something to be positive about. It sounds like this is pretty uh, complicated. (laughs) It's got a lot of different uh, elements to this. Yeah.
0: I, I would say bottom line, find out how you focus the best, whatever that is. And that's, that's your route. You know, it may not be the prettiest route. I wish that I could go the Pete Sampras route and not say anything, not show any emotion, but that is not my way. And, uh, I I would guess that not many people are the Pete Sampras route where you just don't show anything. I mean, it's got to be eating at you somewhere.
1: Well, I guess uh, in wrapping things up, I would say that everybody listening, I, I think, needs to put themselves in competitive situations as often as possible, because there's uh, there's not really any any other way to learn this about yourself, is there, Jason?
0: Not that I know of. I mean, in any competitive situation, works. Ping pong, sting pong, pool, <laughs> basketball, baseball, darts, billiards. You know, whatever you can come up with, it all it all works the same. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not very good at any of those if I'm nice and happy. <laughs> and
1: I can uh, I can attest to that uh, as well.
0: <laughs> in all the
1: in all those examples, actually. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up, Jason. Thank you very much for spending time with me and, and for having this uh, this conversation about this topic. I, I knew you were the man for the job when when I read uh, through this question from Sam. Uh, so, thank you for for your thoughts. Do you have anything final or any you know closing words of wisdom before we we sign off?
0: I, I will say, and although I've fallen into the trap a few times, but you know, there's definitely a line that you can cross. Being angry at somebody could just, you know, be having a scowl at your face and pumping yourself up internally. It's not swearing at them or accusing them of cheating all the time. Most of the time when I would try to really pump myself up, I might think the guy's cheating, but I would not say it. It's just to myself so that I could go that route. I don't need to be standing at the net going, dude, that was in, even though I know it was out. That's, That's not, that's not the way. And a lot of people kind of go that way for some reason, but I'm not saying that by being angry, you need to be a jerk. There's there's a difference.
1: And I think we should probably repeat for emphasis as well that the, the method that you're describing is something that very, very few people actually play better tennis while doing. I think we should probably repeat that as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. I would say it's a small percentage, but there, there's people out there and uh, you probably know it from the rest of your life. I do. I do better with everything if it's in the last minute and I'm under pressure, if there's trouble or mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, I'm always better that way. So it makes sense in the tennis court that if I'm angry or under pressure or, or something's going on, that, that that's when I pay attention the best. Um, you, you might be able to get a clue from your daily life on, on how you like mm-hmm. to react.
1: All right, good stuff. Jason, uh, thank you very much again uh, for your time. And I know that listeners of the show are going to enjoy this conversation. And it's, you know, it's a topic that's not, I don't think is discussed very much, definitely not online as far as tennis improvement goes. So um, I'm looking forward to hear, hearing feedback from listeners and Sam and Portugal. I, I hope that this was helpful to you and gives you some thoughts and ideas on how you can keep getting better with your, your mental focus. Um, so Jason, thank you very much. And hopefully I can have you back on the show in uh, a sooner amount of time than it has been since the, last, uh, since the last time you were on. So thanks very much for being with us.
0: Thanks, bud. I hope to see you on the forums more soon, too.
1: That would be outstanding. Yeah, we'd love to see you there. Thanks, bud. All right. That does it for episode number 140 of the Essential Tennis podcast. Thank you very much for listening to today's show. I hope that it was helpful, uh, helpful to you and gives you a good idea of what you need to do to find your ideal emotional state out on the tennis courts. Well, in wrapping up today's show, I just want to again remind you guys to go check out Essential Tennis Platinum. Get two hours of content every single week and it focuses on you, the member It's it's my goal to help all of you guys get as good as possible. It's always been my goal with the podcast. And that's my goal with Essential Tennis Platinum as well. So go check it out. At least uh, give it a look. And hopefully I will see you on the inside of Platinum. All right. That does it for this week. Take care, everybody. And good luck with your tennis.